Good morning and welcome. We're so glad you're here on this uh, rainy Lord's Day. Uh, what a joy it is to be together uh, as the people of God, as the living house of God. Amen. We do want to welcome you. We have several first-time guests with us today. We're so glad you're here. And we want you to know that here at East LJ Baptist, we have been captivated by Christ. We have seen, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have seen the glory of God in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That is the grace of God given to us through the perfect life, death, and resurrection of His Son, the Lord Jesus. And we have been captivated by Him. We exist to spread our enjoyment our heart's enjoyment of His beauty with the world. Uh, and we hope today that you'll see His beauty and you'll be captivated by Him as well. So welcome. We're so glad you're here. Today, as we begin our service, we're going to take just a few minutes to honor uh, a precious friend and uh, one of our own, uh, Stacy Lanning, who for many years, uh, I'm going to guess, I'm going to be careful, I'm going to go conservatively and guess 20, but I know it's more than that, isn't it? for over 20 years has been serving our youth, uh, but especially in the last seven or eight years uh, during the time that our church has uh, been without a youth pastor. Um, and uh, we just want to honor her. So Stacy, this is the part you're going to hate, but come on down. And so all you have to do right now is come, you can come sit by Betsy. And Betsy will be your security blanket to get you through this next part. So Tony, Tony Souders with us this morning from the Pray For Me campaign. We'll talk more about that if you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's okay. Tony, Stacy is the reason that we as a church are now going into our fifth year of the Pray For Me campaign. Uh, she take, or emailed me one day said, hey, I think you, I don't have time to look at this, but will you please look at this? And that look led to our participation. And so uh, Stacy uh, was, was integral in that. Stacy has been an encouragement, a help, and a friend to me and to Betsy um, as we were, were and are raising, um, I guess, at least three of our six kids, I, I, at least that many she had an impact on. I think it was probably more than that, actually, but um, directly with at least three. Stacy, I could keep talking for a while, but we have a few young adults that you've impacted who are here in the room today because they love you. Uh, and so if you're here, if you came special to see Stacy today, would you please stand? And Stacy, this is where you got to turn around and look. So we've got at least a few in the room that were able to make it, uh, others that wish they could have been here. But the ones that couldn't be here, we're fixing to play a video of several of them, including these, uh, expressing their love and gratitude to you. Um, thanks to Pastor Trey for editing and preparing this video. And also, we're going to have a copy of this video, but we're also going to have a full version. So we've edited some of these, but you're going to get all, all that they had to say uh, uh, at some point on Thumb Drive, so you can enjoy that later on. Hey, Stacy, thank you so much for all that you've meant to Jennifer and I and the incredible ministry you've had. First off, to me, having a partner in ministry like you who I could bounce ideas off of and honestly gain so much from your wisdom and perspective and your experience was invaluable to me. And honestly, it still is. I'm so grateful for your friendship. 
I admire so much about you. I admire your your ability to connect with kids and teenagers. It's just unbelievable. Over the years, I've watched you become family to hundreds, and it's just remarkable. I know that God's spirit is working in you. He always has, and I, I don't know what's coming next, but I know that whatever you're doing, God is going to bless it because you've been a good and faithful servant of the hey, Lord. Hey, Stacey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you've done for me and for this youth group. You stepped in and filled a need for us when our youth here needed it the most, and we really just can never say thank you enough for everything that you've done. I was 15 years old when I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And Stacy, you played a crucial role in intentionally and consistently leading me towards Christ. You also helped instill this love that I still have for reading and studying God's word, which has allowed me to flourish throughout the years. I truly wouldn't be who I am without your obedience to the Holy Spirit. You embody the commands to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, which has led to this amazing fulfillment to go therefore and make disciples. Because of you and my mama, I learned that I can take anything to the Lord in prayer, no matter how big or how small. And now I get to teach these little guys to do the same thing. Thank you. I honestly don't remember youth without Stacy from Wednesday nights to student leadership to small group to D-Now to beach camp. Um, she was always there to encourage us um, and to challenge us. One of the things that I remember most just about small group is Stacy challenging us to pray for others. Um, not just our friends, but other people in our school, people we just see, random people. And it really changed my prayer life. Hey, Stacy. Um, thank you for everything that you do for this church and for this community. You are such a light to be around and you are just, you're such a shining example of Christ. And I know that I and so many others am so grateful to have someone like you to look up to. Um, just your willingness to serve and to lead and to guide, um, especially the youth of this community is such a powerful thing. And it does not go unnoticed that you are so willing to be that person. Um, so thank you for everything that you do. We love if you. If I had to come up with a list of people who have influenced my walk with Christ and been just great Christian mentors to me, Stacy would definitely be the top of that list. Um, I've known Stacy all my life. She's always taken our family photos and um, she was my small group leader in high school and she has just had such a great impact on me. Um, I couldn't imagine my walk with Christ without Stacy somehow being involved in it. She was always there for us. Stacy Lanning, Sam Rogers here in the building where I get to do student ministry now, thanking you for all the time that you spent investing in and pouring into me and my friends and the crew that I ran around with as a teenager and, and pointing us to Jesus. I know that I wouldn't be where I am today without that, without you, without your years of service and dedication and heart for Jesus. I'm so grateful for all you've done, for all you did for me, for everything you continue to do. Uh, I know that there are countless lives that have been changed because of your investment. So Stacy, thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for all that you did for me back then. Um, you always went above and beyond for us and it made a lasting impact on my life. Those times in youth group in high school, they were some of my favorite memories from singing karaoke at summer camp or 
those late night talks in the church parking lot after youth group, you were always there for us and you always helped us. And I will never forget that. And I'm very thankful for those years. So. Just want to say thank you for the ways that you have loved and served not only me and my family and the youth in this church, but also in our entire community. Something I love about being a part of the church is that we get to learn about who God is through his people. And specifically, I feel that I've learned the most about God's faithfulness and steadfastness through your ministry to me and to all those around you. So thank you, and we love you. Over the years, in my time in the youth group at UCLJ, there was never a time where you weren't encouraging me and supporting me and praying for me and just leading me to Christ um, in all the ways that I needed it at that time. So. Thank you for that and thank you for just the ways that you've continued to do all of those things over the years. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the way you have loved and cared for the youth of this church and this community as a whole. You have made so many sacrifices to share Christ with those around you and we're just so thankful for that. The thing I remember the most from youth is in Matthew 28 that it says we're called to go and make disciples and I think you have so beautifully done that. You have made disciples in this church, and they've gone off to make them disciples themselves. Now, we are just so thankful for everything you've done for this community, and we love you so much. Thank you. I told you you'd be glad you stayed. We just have a, a, a little gift for Stacy. in addition to the videos that we'll get to her later. Um, Bessie, will you give her a, our card and uh, a little card and some flowers for Stacy, just to express our love to you. We love you. We appreciate your ongoing, this is not a retirement deal today, uh, your ongoing ministry of discipling young women in our church. She's doing that right now uh, with at least two groups that I'm aware of, of young women and uh, even beyond our church in the community. And so... Stacy, we love you, and I'm going to come hug you, and we appreciate you. We're just on a pause till I get done hugging her. <laughs> Would you all stand with me as we read from God's Word? Oh, one more thing, Stacey. Um, I forgot to tell you, so Morgan Rogers, not Rogers anymore, but um, she was going to send one, but the day I asked her for a video, she said, um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. I just had a baby. So <laughs> Morgan sends her love. Colossians 4, verse 2, and also verses 12 and 13. This will be uh, our text for the morning. Colossians 2, 4, verse 2, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And then skipping down to verses 12 and 13, Paul gives an example of such a person when he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. That last sentence, I bear witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis, 
It could refer to something more, but it certainly refers to working hard in prayer because of what he says in verse 12. Epaphras, one who always was struggling on their behalf, the behalf of the Colossian church, in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all of the will of God. This morning, my friend Tony Souter, who is the author of and founder of the Pray For Me campaign, this is a little prayer guide, mine's five years old now and well-worn, will be preaching from this text a little bit later in the service. Um, And so uh, may we, and and that's really what the Pray For Me campaign is all about, being an Epaphras to our students. So let's pray together as we enter into worship this morning. Father, thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you make us able and competent ministers of the new covenant. Having saved us, you empower us by your spirit to serve. Having called us to yourself and made us a follower of Jesus through the new birth, uh, by your spirit and through the gospel, you enable us to go and make disciples. Father, thank you for Stacy and how you've worked in and through her. We give you the glory for all that you've done in and through her And we thank you for allowing us to be uh, together in this church family. Lord, today we want to pray for a number of folks on our prayer list. We want to lift up Judy Williams. We pray for Chris Pike and Ruth Roberts. Lord, we pray this morning for comfort for several families. The family of Tina Newton. Thank you that Keith can be with us today. We pray for comfort there. We pray for the family of Chris Mahoney. Uh, Thank you that Mary's back with us. We just pray for her and all of her family. We lift up the family of Ray Perkins. We pray for Ruthie and, and, and all of the, the family there. Uh, and Lord, today on 9-11, we pray for the families of those uh, killed by terrorists and, uh, 21 years ago. And uh, we ask that you comfort them, especially this morning. Lord, thank you for the joy and privilege of worshiping you together in this place. May Christ be exalted, for we know that when he's lifted high, he will draw all men to himself. Today, Father, we pray that, would, that some would come to, to know Jesus and that the rest of us would be drawn closer to him, even through our time of worship now. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing as we worship in song this morning. Let's sing together as Jason leads us in the same power. Raging at my feet, I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. Walk down this dark and painful road, I can face every fear. Same power. 
glad you're here this morning.
Megan's going to lead us in uh, It Is Well.
Y'all can be seated. Good morning. Very good. Thank you for the response. Thank, um, didn't want to think that it was going to be that lonely right at the beginning. So uh, I do want to start something before we get really started. Uh, did you know that today is National Grandparent Day? Anybody know that? Raise your hand. Well, now you do. Now you know that today is National Grandparent Day. Well, a year and a half ago, uh, I finished our, my fourth book regarding the Pray For Me campaign, but it's the Grandparent Legacy edition of the Prayer Guide, helping grandparents to pray well for their grandchildren. And so, just for the fun of it, because that's, you know, let's start off fun. Um, if you're a grandparent and you have more than 15 grandchildren, raise your hand. Okay. Is there anybody? Well, there's only one hand, hand came up. So you win. You win. This is the, you don't, you can come up and get it now. And uh, who, now that I'm trying to figure out who is the newest grandparents in the room. So who would, who just had, okay, it's already been chosen back there. So you just come on up if you've just, if you're the, the newest grandparent um, in the building is, I don't know her name. But she looks, Meredith. Meredith is our newest grandparent, and what I, I pray that this encourages you to pray well for your granddaughter, grandson, granddaughter. You're most welcome. Okay, and, Merit, and Meredith's granddaughter is here today, so if you want to get a viewing, you can, you, it's right back, she's right back there. So, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are great and glorious, and you give good gifts like granddaughters and more than 15 grandchildren. You are the giver of good gifts. Every good gift comes down from you. Today, we trust you with our lives. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the songs that, that just drew our hearts close to you, and I pray that you would use this time to help us to focus in on you and what you want to do in your church. We commit it to you. We love you. Help us to love you more and love your purposes more today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Wednesday, Wednesday, we're launching, we being you and us, um, I, I'm here vicariously on Wednesday. You're launching the Pray For Me campaign for the fifth year. For the fifth year, you're launching now. Now, you're looking at me. I was here five years ago. I look very much like I did then. I'm not any taller. Sheila noticed that right away. Um, I, I, my haircut's the same. Um, everything about me is pretty much the same, except for I'm five years older. Now, the cool thing is, is that you're part of something for the last five years that has gone from eight test churches in 2014 to over 700 churches in 43 states and seven countries. God is doing something with the Pray For Me campaign because it ties into what He cares about. He cares about the church. He cares about 
the community of the body of Christ. Now, here, here's one thing you may or may not know of why, why the Pray For Me campaign was started. Young people, not the ones here, in other churches. Got that, guys? Not the young people here. Young people in other churches in all across our country, when they come through the church, they have great children's ministries, great youth ministries. We, you have that here, too. But, but then they get to high school, they graduate from high school, and for whatever reason, there's a phenomenon that vast numbers, astounding numbers of young people are disengaging from the church and their faith. Now, here, here's why. One of the primary reasons for that, that young people have those relationships with children's directors and children's leaders in the children's ministry and have those relationships with, with youth leaders and, youth, and the youth pastors and Stacy's of the world. Incredible, the touch and the impact of a life. So they have those, but what happens is when they step out of the youth ministry and they look around and they realize, I don't really know the adults in my church, in this church. I'm really connected with the youth ministry, but I can't go to the youth ministry anymore. I'm, I've aged out. And what happens is they realize they don't know the people, and they have a tendency to do something that is unthinkable. They look at the church as if it's just an institution. And it's easy to leave an institution. What we're trying to do with the Pray For Me campaign is this, is we're trying to help a young person experience the church for what it really is the family of God. And if they experience the church as what it really is, the family of God, what happens is this. They, it's, hard, it's easy to leave an institution. It's hard to leave a family. And so when you think about this Wednesday and being a prayer champion for a young person, which doesn't mean that you're the best prayer around. It just means that you're willing to champion the cause of a young person's life before the throne of God. That's what it means. And I encourage you, if you haven't signed up to be a prayer champion, sign up. Come Wednesday. Because if a young person has one prayer champion or five prayer champions, we can't have enough. We can't have enough people that are cheering us on in faith and life beginning with prayer. Can we? We can't have enough. So, the Pray For Me campaign is helping churches like East LJ, to, to transform the experience of the young people that are coming through the church so that, that the unthinkable doesn't happen, that they don't graduate out of high, high school from Trey's ministry now and look at the church and say, I don't know those people. This is not, this is not my home. My home was in the youth ministry, not in the overarching church. And that's unthinkable, and we're trying to change that. And that's part of what the Pray For Me campaign is doing. And it's doing it well by God's grace and for His glory around the country and here for five years. But uh, thankfully, this is a new, a new year. And new people can be involved in praying for the new students that are in the ministry now that have never tasted what it's like to be loved on and cared for, beginning with prayer, by adults in the church. I was telling Stacy earlier in the hall that I, I was in a meeting with, the, with pastors in North Carolina, and we're talking about the Pray For Me campaign, and there was one youth pastor in the room, 
unlike Trey, he said something that was astounding, and it's something that we're, we're, we're battling. He said, not that Trey doesn't say astounding things. <laughs> I, I realized when Sheila's laughed at me several times today, I just want you to know that, and, and you can talk to her afterwards. But when I heard her laugh, I knew I did something wrong. Not like Trey. Trey. Trey says astounding things in a positive way. This person said something in a negative way. So we're talking about the Pray For Me campaign and the value of young people having adults praying for them and connecting with them and building these life-giving intergenerational relationships. Okay? And all the pastors got it. They were, they were, it was a high resonance factor with them because they, they had been in ministry for a long time. They've seen the dis, disengagement and they've seen the separation and they're figuring out how do we create this community that what we're supposed to be, the family of God. And one of the guys said, well, what do you think? Caleb asked the youth pastor and he didn't really get it. And he said, well, you know, most of the young people I know think that old people are weird. And I thought, okay, that's what we're trying to overcome because the real, reality is this is that all of us in this room don't know what we don't know and there is when you're walking past somebody in this this room and there's thousands of things that you don't know that if you did know them it would change your perspective and all of a sudden you're you're your idea of them and your affections towards them and your concern for them would elevate. In just the moments that I'm standing in the hall out here, Stacy had me crying because she was already, she's still investing in young, young ladies, but she's also got a, a group of other ladies, and they're actually connecting because these young people, now here, young people that have been part of Pray For Me, and have tasted the goodness which that, which that youth pastor hadn't understood. These young people tasted the goodness of having relationships with older believers. And now those young people said, hey, you've, you're doing this Bible study with us and you're also doing it with these older women. Um, can we join together at times? Because they tasted, they know that this is good. This is good. They didn't know what they didn't know. Now they know what they didn't know, and they want more of it. And each of us in this room are limited by not knowing what we don't know and not willing to be curious about something that we don't know and could know. And if we did know it, it would change our perspective. So you may not know that I'm here for you. Van is over here. If you... He's been married a few years. It will be 50 next year. If you didn't know that, raise your hand. Okay. What that tells me is this, is that the goodness of God has been washing over those, that couple for 49 years. And do they have something to help a younger, younger married couple to, to stay the course? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just, that's just in a moment that I'm standing with somebody and, and that comes up and I realize, wait a second, I'm standing in the presence of the goodness of God working. And the fact is, is that the goodness of God has been working on every pew in this room. 
but we have to be curious to go after it. And, and I believe that one of the best ways to go after it is connecting people through prayer and connecting across generations. Because when, when I start praying for a young person or anyone, really, my heart gets bigger. It gets bigger towards them and towards God. And I want more of that. I want to love people better, and I want to love God better. So, our passage. Colossians 4, 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Let's start with the beginning part there. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus. There's, he's part of a community. He's part of the community. He's one of them. And it's not just that he's one of them and has disinterested He's one of them and cares. His heart goes out to his people. The people that are, and you are. Van is an Epaphras. Now, that's not the most happening name these days. Anybody in here got anybody in their family name Epaphras? Now, after this sermon, it may become the, the newest, hottest name for the grandchildren that are born. But, but Epaphras, his heart goes out towards those that he's, he, he's connected with, the community of God, the people of God. And there's something about that, that if we're not have a simple and powerful way of, of bridging the gap and connecting us outside of the normal, um, casual, good morning, how are you? then what happens is that then it, we will not be able to do the next part. We'll not be able to do the next part. The next part comes from his concern and care for the people because he is one of them. And my greatest desire for East LJ and for every church in America is that that the people in those churches, especially the young people in those churches, that they would feel like, this is my home. This is my place. I am one of these people. I am one of them. I am connected. I'm rooted here. And, and maybe, and maybe, that they would grow up and be like Joe, the piano man. I asked him how long he's been here. He said, well, I'm 65, 65 years. Since birth, he's been here. Is that, that's what we really want for young people. We want young people, they don't have to stay in LJ, but we want them to be a part of the church for a lifetime. We want them to be a part of the people of God for a lifetime. We want them to love Jesus for a lifetime, flourishing. And the way that they gets there, the way that we get there, and the way that they get there, one, one of the primary means is the next part. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. Always struggling. 
grappling with hard things on behalf of the people he loves. Now, the fact is, is that most of you in this room don't know all the young people that are part of the youth ministry now. And it's hard to love people that you don't know. And part of the, 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 the means by which uh, to get your heart connected and built, how, allow it to be enlarged for a young person is to get to know them. And that's what the Pray For Me campaign is really all about, is helping this, this heart care to be grown and developed by getting in relationship just through connection. And that's what's going to happen on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, adults will be connected with young people. They'll get to know each other, and those adults will begin praying, struggling on their behalf. Now, you don't have to struggle too much. Now, obviously, Epaphras didn't have the Pray For Me prayer guide. That's a joke. You're supposed to be with me. Okay. He didn't, he didn't have that. But that's not, he didn't need that. But I did. The reason why the Pray For Me prayer guide exists is because I looked in the mirror when, I, when we were starting the Pray For Me prayer, Pray For Me campaign, and I said to myself, how can we help a, adults pray well for young people for a year, for a school year? And I realized I would need some structured way of pulling that off. And so we wrote the prayer guide that's focused on seven essential categories, praying scripture through those lenses, praying God's favor over their lives, wisdom over their lives, faith, love, purity, speech, and conduct. It covers the gamut, but it's rooted in scripture, and it, you can labor and struggle and grind through praying over those scriptures for the young person that you are connected with. It can transform your life and their life because prayer is not for nothing. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't be talking about and highlighting the importance of that here with Epaphras. But let's turn to another passage. Matthew 7 just going to focus on a little bit about the, the struggle part. Because I'm going to venture to say that if you're like me in some ways uh, concerning prayer, I, for the longest time, I didn't have even a grasp of what it looks like to struggle in prayer for somebody. Now, my heart ached for people, but how do I enter into that kind of care and struggling, asking God to, to do something powerful in those people's lives and stay at it. And then one day, it was a hard day. It was a hard day. We were on, long, my wife and I were on Long Island, uh, New York. She was in the hospital. She had just had back surgery, um, trying to solve some these headache issues that she is having uh, for a lot of years. And, and for that time, I said, well, I'm just going to read through Matthew, uh, you know, while I'm waiting in the waiting room and while I'm waiting for her to get better so we can go home. And so I'm in Matthew 7, and I come across the passage that I've read for multiple, multiple, multiple times, starting at verse 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Those are all promises there. Those are all powerful promises. And, and, and I'm sitting in a very desperate place in the hospital with my wife getting ready to, um, she just had surgery, and we're going to have to travel back home um, via flying through LaGuardia back to Chattanooga. Um, and we had already uh, seen what it can look like with the, the people that would wheelchair you because she's going to be in a wheelchair. She'll just have back surgery. She's going to wheelchair her from the rental car place to all the way to the gate. And, and sometimes those guys get, I don't know if they get paid by the time or not, but it's like, hey, let's, how, far, how fast can we go? And they're weaving, and I'm watching them, weaving in, and, and I'm afraid that when it comes time to, for my wife to, and I to go home, that she's going to, She's barely able to move. And here's this, this incredible weight on me about what's happening, going to happen in just a few days. And so, so I'm, but I'm looking at this and I'm saying, this is promises. So I'm asking, and I'm asking God to, to meet us in this dire situation. And then it goes on and says this. But it's changing here. In this next verse, it changes. It changes from promises that, that God's giving to us that we, when we ask and knock and seek to, to what it looks like as a father or a parent. Um, which one of you, if he asks his son, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent? Now, he's, he's kind of changing it, not just from you know, the, the promises that are given, but he's also saying, hey, let's look at the character of the giver. Now, and then he, but he frames it talking about us as parents. And he goes on and says, of course you're, gonna, you're not going to give him a stone and you're not going to give him a serpent because that's not the heart of a parent. A heart of a parent is going to give them what they need. And he goes on and says this, if you then, and he's talking to his disciples now, these are his buddies, these are the guys that are, that, are, that are staying in at the long hall with him, and he says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, your heavenly father, so he's shifting it to the character of the heart of God for his people, who is in heaven, give good gifts Give good things to those who ask him. And so I'm kind of reading through this passage, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is, this is good. This is good. I'm, I, I have a heavenly Father that loves me, and I know I love my kids, and I wouldn't give them bad things. I would give them good things. And, but then he does something that totally rearranged my entire view of prayer. Now, without looking, does anybody know what verse 12 is? Without looking, everybody in the room knows what verse 12 is. Every, most unbelievers, most people that don't know Jesus knows what verse 12 is. They don't know it's in verse 12. <laughs> they don't know it's there, but they know verse 12. 
Let me show you. So, that so means that this is directly connected to what he just said. Directly connected to prayer. He says, so, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The golden rule. The golden rule is at the culmination of that passage on prayer. So what did that tell me is this. It says, I knew at that moment when I was sitting in that hospital room and wanting God to, to do something important and powerful to help us, knowing that in a few days when my wife can barely move, we need to get home in a, in a way that wasn't detrimental. I knew what I wanted. And, and I, want, I knew what I, how I wanted people to pray for us. It wasn't casually. I wanted them to be Epaphras-like. I wanted them to struggle on our behalf so that God would do something and show himself to be glorious and care for us because he says he's a good God. I wanted that. And he's saying that you know what you want for yourself, Tony. You know what you want for yourself. So when you hear somebody else's prayer request that is, that is hard, pray like that for them. Pray like that for them. I think, that's, I think Epaphras got it. I think that when Epaphras was struggling on the behalf of the people that he was part of, he got it. He knew how he wanted people to pray for him, and he prayed for them that way. He struggled for them. So will it come easy all the time? Well, struggle's not easy. (laughs) Struggle by nature is hard. But it's good going after good things. And when you struggle on the behalf of somebody else in prayer, you may never step into the youth room here. You may never go on a lock-in, and you better be thankful. But... You may never do that, but you can be a prayer champion that struggles on behalf of the young people that, that God is bringing into this church. And at some place, you may not get the video here at East LJ, but the video is coming of the people that God is using you to make a difference in their lives for. The young people that are being raised up in this church, that are coming through, the, 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 this, this granddaughter, if, if, if she lives here, if, as she comes through this church, she can feel the goodness of what it means to be the part of the body of Christ. And when we get to heaven, God will have the video of how our prayers have reached in and transformed young people's lives all along the way. Now, the, one of the amazing things is this. I don't know any parent that doesn't want more people, any Christian parent that doesn't want more help and hope for their young people, their children. And I definitely don't know any grand, Christian grandparents that don't want massively great goodness coming for, towards their grandchildren. They want that. And if they don't, then that's, that's another hard issue. That, that, that's another sermon. That's another sermon another day. 
to end that story of us being in, the, in New York City, in the hospital, learning something new about prayer, but then having, having a friend of mine call me when we were in the hotel and we were having a couple days of recuperation in the hotel, called me, and it was late at night. It was, well, late. It was 8, eight o'clock at night. The next day we are supposed to fly home through the kamikaze wheelchair people. And a friend of mine calls me and says, look, I, our, our board member, our board meeting just completed, and we've been praying for you and Rhonda. And we want to know, we, found some, we, we think we know somebody that has a plane that might be able to help you. Would you be open to us calling? Duh. Yes, we would be open to that. Well, 30 minutes later... I was on the phone with the pilot of the person that's going to be, the, the, who's flying a private plane, came to, coming through New York, went to Islip instead of LaGuardia. It's much different, by the way. Um, the hardest thing I did that day was put our luggage into the rental car, because once I got to the private airstrip, and I didn't take the rental car back, other people got the, our luggage, put it on the plane, and then walked the, the seven steps to get into the plane, which, and once I got into the plane, it was nicer than my living room. Now, I didn't know what I didn't know. There's no way that I could have imagined that God would provide that kind of gift. But here's a friend that was struggling on our behalf, because he knew, we had talked earlier in the week, how desperate I felt for myself, for my wife, and he didn't just hear that and say he would pray. He did Epaphras on us, and he struggled in prayer, with, and he gathered other people to struggle in prayer for us, and God gave them an idea, that, and somebody was willing to do something that was really beyond imagination. And we were able to get home and not, and that not just add to the trauma. Mercy upon mercy. Now, some things you need to know about prayer is this. And we're, we're, gonna, we're not going to go too much longer. I just, I, just, I just want you to know that. Even though there's not a clock in this room, which I think that's designed on purpose to not have a clock. But um, I've got a clock. And... Um, as we finish here, I want you to know this, that prayer rests on the character and promises of God, and He desires for us to trust His promises and trust His character so that lives can be changed, so that we would be willing to enter into, like Epaphras, on behalf of young people in, our church, in this church, um, beginning this week in a way that is transformative. Prayer is future-focused. It's like when you start praying for these young people, and for anybody, really, but you are actually asking God to change their future. You're reaching into eternity, into the supernatural, and you're sowing spiritual goodness into their lives.
That's what's happening when you pray. If you're really praying, if you're really calling out to God and even somewhat struggling for someone and you want God to enter into that moment, enter into their lives, He will show up. And I believe this with all my heart because when you go back to this, the Colossians passage, Colossians 4, and we finish, the, the goal of the prayer is this, that the, the future of the people of God that Epaphras is praying for would be changed. How would it be changed? That they would, be, that they would stand mature, that they would grow in the faith, that they would become who God has purposed them to be. And that they would be fully assured, they would be absolutely confident, they would be captivated by Christ, and they would be committed to His purposes in this world. That they would be committed to God, all of God's will for them in this world. We're praying into that. When you open your prayer guide or open your Bible and you start praying into someone's life, you're seeking to get God to work in them in ways that only He can do to make them become the, per the people that He's created them to be. To me, that is absolutely exciting. It's not just a, a cathartic experience where I'm just ventilating before God and it doesn't mean anything. It just falls flat. There's a place in Revelation that God says He collects all of our prayers. And then another place in that same passage, He says that at appropriate times, He throws those prayers down to earth like He's executing. It's time to, time to make that happen. We want God to help East L.J. Baptist to fill up some of those bowls of his prayers in heaven on behalf of the next generation so that every young person that comes through this church not only has layers and layers of God's goodness coming at them, a wave upon wave of God's goodness coming at, over them through prayer, but that they would be so relationally connected in the people of God that when they leave and they go off to college somewhere else and somebody says, hey, are you going? And they wake up on a Sunday morning or Saturday night and they say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to church. Why would you go to church? Because those are the people that have cared for me all of my life. Those are the people that have loved me since birth. Those are the people that have prayed for me and helped me and helped me flourish, not only in my faith, but in my life in general. That's what testimony we want. And that's what testimony can be had. It can be had. And you can be a part of it with the Pray For Me campaign is one component, but there's lots of other ways within the church that it can happen. But the Pray For Me campaign is probably the easiest for any adult in this church to make a difference in the life of a young person because it's rooted in prayer. Again, you don't have to go in the lock-ins. Don't be afraid. You can pray for your young person 
from your home, in your car, and then you can come over. You can see, if they come to church on Sunday morning, you can see them on Sunday morning. But if they don't, you can come to Wednesday night. See them there. Get, to, get a face-to-face. Look them in the eye and say, hey, look, I know you know that somebody's praying for you. Well, I'm that somebody. My name's Tony. I am glad to be praying for you. Is there anything specific? That will change their world. That will change their world. Let me tell you one story to close out to hopefully encourage you um, about the goodness of what God wants to do through you in the Pray For Me campaign. So um, a couple years back, it was right before COVID hit, um, I was doing this thing where I wanted to walk with the wise. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, and I need all the wisdom I can get. And so I started, I made it a list of different people that I wanted to meet with. And so I was meeting with this one gentleman and at Panera on Gun Barrel Road, and we we're hanging out. We had a nice lunch, and I'm just drinking from his well, asking him question after question and letting him unleash his goodness on me. And so we're at the end, and he goes, oh, by the way, our church is in the fifth year. This is a couple years now. They're in their seventh year. But they're in the fifth year of doing the Pray For Me campaign. And so... Um, and I still pray for the first four young people that invited me to be their prayer champion. But this year, my guy is Isaac. And Isaac, um, I see him every week, and I ask him how he's doing and, and how I can pray for him. But the other day, he turned to me and said, well, Mr. Allen, how can I pray for you? And, and so Mr. Allen, at that moment, paused a moment and looked me in the eyes, and he goes, I told him about my cancer. And so, not too long after that, Isaac's mother came up to Mr. Allen and said, Hey, Mr. Allen, you need to know that Isaac will not let us get through prayers at dinner without us praying for your cancer. And so from that moment, um, then he, so it changed their relationship. So then he pulls out his phone. And he whips out this video. It's video of him finishing radiation treatment. And at the end of radiation treatment, many of you may know that they had this ringing of the bell ceremony. And so the, at his ringing of the bell ceremony, there was about 40 of his friends there. And he's, somebody's taking a video of him. And he's showing me the video. And he gets up and he says, well, um, when he shows me the video, he calls Isaac. Isaac's at his ringing the bell ceremony. The kid he's praying for. So Isaac comes up front, and he starts telling the people, so at my church, um, we do this thing called the Pray For Me campaign, and it's where a, an adult connects with a young person, and they pray for them that year. And so my student that I'm praying for is Isaac. But this year, it's not just me praying for Isaac, because Isaac's praying for me. And for another time, it just... It happens all the time, but another, this moment struck me again that here's two people that until the Pray For Me campaign was implemented in their church, which is a simple thing, people. It's a simple thing. So what happens is that they didn't know each other. There was no reason for them to interact because it's easy to walk by Van and not know he's been married 49 years. It's easy to walk by Sheila and know some cool thing about her, but I'm going to find out some cool things about her. And I'm telling. I'm telling it all. I'm telling all the cool things I find out about Sheila. Um, so 
they didn't have a reason to know each other. But now, you know what? Isaac will not think of his church experience outside of Mr. Allen. Because he'll, he'll have familiarity of what a ringing the bell ceremony is. He'll have a familiarity of what it looks like to walk through cancer with faith. He'll have a familiarity of what it means to have somebody who cares for him even though he's got his own needs. That's what the family of God is about. And it can happen. It's happening already here. The Pray For Me campaign just helps it happen more. So if you're not a part of it, for, if you're not thinking Wednesday, think Wednesday, okay? Because if you're a student, you want the goodness to come your way. If you're a parent, you want the goodness to come towards your children. If you're a grandparent, you want the goodness to come to your grandchildren. And if you're an adult in this room, you can be like a Stacy and make a difference in the life of a young person beginning with prayer. Pray with me. Father, you are great and wonderful and loving and powerful. And you meet us where we are. Father, you know what we need. And you know you have brought the people of God together so that we can pray for one another. And that we would pray for one another the way that we want others to pray for us. With intensity and endurance and consistency and confidence. Come, Lord Jesus. Bless the relationships, the intergenerational relationships in, at here at this church in ways that we never even imagined. And help new people do, be a part of the praying for young people in this church that never thought they would do it. But encourage them, draw them, help them to say, hey, you can do this. Help them to do it, Father. And may your name be praised in such a powerful, astounding way that there'll be young people decades from now that are faithful to you because of these prayers that have been sowed into the future on their behalf. We pray all this for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Tony. And as uh, I just want to ask you to stand with me as the worship team leads us. I just want to open the altar for you to come and pray. Maybe you have a need that um, you just need to come lay before the Lord this morning in your life. And I want to give us the opportunity in that moment if, if someone has a need and comes, uh, whether you know them or not, come up and put your arm around them. Ask them how you can pray with them for whatever that need is, uh, if it's something that they you know, are able to share in that moment. Um, and let's just experience it, even as we close this service, some of what Tony's been talking about.
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated for just a moment. Tony, thank you for being here today and for uh, encouraging us in, in, through the Word and prayer. Uh, Tony has been, over the last five years, just a great uh, encourager and friend to me uh, at a distance, but at the same time just uh, uh, always very uh, prayerful and even just very, very thoughtful as we interact and encouraging uh, in the ministry here. And so, Tony, thank you for what you mean to me and for this time that you've uh, given us today. Several announcements before we dismiss.